Hmm, that's weird. That's weird. Kind of weary me out. You are a sad, strange little man. It's crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy. Isn't that weird? That's weird, man. It's strange. What's up, campers? Welcome back to Camp Strange, episode 58. I am your camp counselor, Alex Sobin. And I'm your other camp counselor, David Stokes. And we're back to bring the spooky, wacky, weird, strange, and vulnerable. Oh. We're very vulnerable. Okay. But, um, yeah, we're back, and we got some more uh, news stories for you, and we also got some more long stories for it. Do you hear that? What is that? It's like, sounds like someone's walking. I mean, we're not used to this yet, but, like, it sounds like someone. Oh, look oh, who hello. it is. Hey. It is none other than my dad, a.k.a. Papa. And um, it, it, introduce yourself. I just came in to see what, what you guys do. I listen to it every week on uh, for a podcast. And I often like to, um, you know, kibitz on some of the stuff that I know about your stories. He, he does He does call me and he, he gives me, oh, why didn't you tell me you were doing that story before you did it? I could have told you some stuff about it. I'm like, well, I don't tell anybody. I just kind of do it. And, uh, well, I brought one along with me if you guys will let me give me a... He did bring a story. We would love it. But before, oh, by the way, his name's uh, Chris Kitt. Um, it's not Chris Kitt, but we didn't. I just called you Dad Papa, but his name is Chris, but he goes by Kit, like yeah, Kit Harrington. I, I didn't even know what his name as, was, and I got in. I got in here, and, and you know, I introduced myself, and then uh, Tobin just said, "It's Papa." <laughs> All right, so now I know what his name is. It's Kit Harrington, and he's just as handsome, if not more. I've got a face made for radio. <laughs> And I get all my looks from him. So <laughs> let's... It's like looking in a mirror. <laughs> so, um, like I said, we got some news for you. So we're going to tell you, um, I guess I'll start as, um, David, I think I have your dream job here. As Domino's is offering a dream job as a garlic bread taste tester. <gasps> but there's a catch. You need five years, a minimum of five years of eating or of garlic bread consumption, I guess. And they put an ad out that said, you butter believe it. We're looking for someone a little bit crunchy, but mostly warm and soft on the inside to help taste test our world famous garlic breads at Domino's headquarters. I'm honestly not that big of a fan of garlic bread. Like, okay. It's good, but I'm not going to, you know. You son of a bitch. I don't know. I literally set you up with this dream job and you do this to me? Yeah. You shit on me? It's not my thing, man. Papa. I got you your dream job, okay? I I can't handle the gas too well. <laughs> no, you're not eating gas, okay? You're going to be eating garlic bread. I've made pizza before. And uh, no one wants this garlic bread job anymore. I mean, that was the quickest news story ever. I just thought that was very interesting. And I would love to see the person they get um, for this job. I want him to be 800 pounds, and I want him to only eat garlic bread. Because that's the only person I trust to tell me if it's good garlic bread or not. Yeah. What about the gentleman you met at the uh, Giants game? Who did I meet at the Giants game? When, who, you know. No. The, what, Was there an 800-mile man <laughs> I met at the Giants game? Yeah, Subway. Oh my god! You I met took, Jared. I took a picture with Jared from Subway before he was a known pedophile. I didn't know that. We need this photo now. I've been trying to get it for years. We took it on a uh, a disposable, disposable camera. Yeah. And my aunt can't find it. I don't know if I if I want. I'm putting it on a shirt. Yeah, that's. I good. have bleached tips in that shirt. Oh man. In that picture. So that phase lasted a while, didn't he, it? Yeah, <laughs> a little bit longer than I probably should have. But uh, he threw out the first pitch at the Giants game. 
And that he, was because my sister sang the national anthem. Oh. Oh, she did that day, huh? Oh, yeah. That's right. She's like a kind of like an opera singer lady. Oh. She's an opera singer lady. She's without, kind of? Without the Viking horns. Yeah, no yes. Viking horns. But um, yeah, so let's. Uh, I don't like to talk about that. Can we call it an extra story? Yeah, so uh, <gasps> parents learn adopted daughter that they believed was six is actually an adult con artist with dwarfism. Okay, that's that movie. What's that movie? The Orphan? Did you see that movie? Um, that that movie, The Orphan, they like adopt a girl who they believe is like 10 to 12 years old, and they find out that she's like she a, just an evil spirit. Though? No, she's like a 40 year old like Russian girl with like rotten teeth, and like she's wearing like caps. <laughs> that's, an, that's the important part. <laughs> well, it just makes her more sinister and scary if you got yeah. rotten teeth, and she tries to like kill them and. I don't. I can't remember that movie, but that's fucking terrifying. Yeah. Um, can't trust the little ones. Yeah. Does she get the inheritance at the end? Uh, no. I think she gets murdered. Okay. Uh, which is a nice second usually, consolation. Prize. Yeah, it's usually one or the other. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, um, but uh, my next news story here, which is getting a lot of talk recently, I actually had some people send this in because they were very concerned, but UFO videos. That are not meant to be made public, confirmed as real by the U.S. Navy. So, if it, did you guys see this at all? Yeah. So apparently, these UFO videos leaked from the Pentagon. Which, how does it leak from the Pentagon? And why are they be like, yeah, leaked from the Pentagon? But um, yeah, they're saying they're authentic videos, and that sometimes um, they capture this unidentified aerial phenomena, and that sometimes when these UFOs are near. Um, like warships or like uh, you know jets and stuff like that, they will reveal themselves. I don't know why. Um, maybe to show that they're like not trying to you know get one over on them. But yeah. but they said the crafts are described as solid, white, smooth with no edges and look like an elongated egg or tic tac, which is also very interesting because it kind of blows up the notion of what we've thought you know ufos were ever since like the 40s and 50s you know because we always thought they're like the circular you know the the classic ufo looking one but i guess they've upgraded and no one they have teslas now guys yeah they elon musk built them a tic tac yeah and we're just trying to get our hands on a tic tac right now the one that i saw was lime green are you are you talking about Teslas or UFOs? UFOs. Oh, okay. I was I was oh. gonna say, ooh, a lime green Tesla. Wait, where did you see yours? Do you actually see one? No, but um, <laughs> well, I'm a fucking liar. <laughs> no, when I moved into town up in Sonoma, California, I was reading the police report, and in the police report were three separate reports of a green tic tac slowly moving its way up the valley. Are you serious? Yeah. And when I, wait, I, when I was just, that? Oh, 1997. Oh, wow. And I just thought that, wow, look where I moved into. So I guess they've had the Tic Tacs for a while. <laughs> that explains their minty, fresh breath when they're a millimeter away from my face, yeah. when, when they have me on that, that nice cold slab. Oh. Oh, you smell minty. Mm. I ate all the orange ones because they taste like candy. You know Chris, my roommate, ate a fucking 100 pack of Tic Tacs the other day? Yeah, and he's like, I found the case in your couch. <laughs> he got like the Costco pack and he ate all of them in one sitting. He ate like a hundred mints. Oh, in one sitting. I thought you meant he just did them all at once, like a big mouthful. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> 
He was having a rough night. He thought yeah, they were Tic like Tacs. That's a Guinness Book thing. Honestly, I was like, oh my god, and he's like, yeah, I like candy. I'm like, that's not candy. That's mints, dude. You can't be doing that. That's psycho shit. I had a friend who, uh, you know, those like the Mio. Um, oh yeah, yeah. Like you the, squirt them into water. Yeah, and you they, squeeze them into water, and they had the energy ones. My buddy bought one of those, thinking it was like a six, like a five-hour energy thing. He shot it back, and he put the whole thing in a glass of water and drank it, and ended up in the hospital. <laughs> Why? Because it has caffeine in it. It was like an like yeah, his heart wouldn't stop beating, and so he went to the emergency oh, room. Oh fuck! He didn't get much studying done that night. Those five-hour uh, energy yeah. energizers. I know two people that have had one. One had two um, heart attacks from it at 38, and the other one, an 18-year-old uh, boy died. Oh, my God. Are you serious? Yeah. So say that stuff never even phases me whenever I've tried to take it. Yeah. I mean, wait, did you, did they have a heart attack or two heart attacks in the same five hour, or did they go back to five hours and be like, that was a one-off heart attack? It probably wasn't the five-hour energy. It was that the, subway footlong I ate. The 38-year-old uh, did it twice oh and had God. heart attacks after both times. Oh, no. The 18-year-old just happened on the first one so. well i i don't think there was a second one for that one but um <laughs> might yeah. bring him back <laughs> that's fucked up damn that's bad i'm sorry um he, yeah oh okay well i think uh, that's all we're, we're caught up on news right now so yep. let's let's try to uh get into these uh, stories about- but but first yep but first we have to talk about our brave sponsors <laughs> who are slanging the smoked beans yeah we're talking about spring heel jack and guess what this time we have a customer testimonial as my father drank it for the first time this weekend we'd like to hear your testimonial right now sir i was impressed with the way you pressed it and then mm-hmm. the oh, it was a french press i put it in a french press the foam around the top was a very robust brown <laughs> And after two, He's accurate. After, yeah, okay. t- after two cups, I was pretty juiced. Yeah, Ooh. yeah. He goes, can I get a cup? Papa juice. <laughs> we got like, a papa that's They call juiced. him the Jose Canseco of the coffee game. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, uh, he, he was like, oh, can I get another cup of that? I'm like, you need to calm down, Tic Tac guy. <laughs> but, no, it was, uh, I mean, like I said, I swear by it. It's good coffee. And uh, if you guys want some good coffee some, at some good prices. and What I liked about it was <laughs> it wasn't bitter. No, it's really smooth. It's really good. Yeah. It's not like, I mean, we also had some diner coffee this weekend, which I love diner coffee. Diner coffee has a place. Yeah. It's like, it's nostalgic. You know yeah. what I mean? You're like, oh, I like that. It's shitty. It's like fun. Yeah. But if you want like some good, you know, if you're having a rough morning, you need some strong stuff, get yourself some Spring Hill Jack, put it in a French press, press that down and have a good morning. It's good prices too. And you get it on Amazon. Yep. What's not to love about that? Oh yeah. Amen. Amen. A- Amen. <laughs> Anyway, okay, that was our that was our that sermon. One. That was our sermon for today. Our Spring Hill Jack sermon. So go to springhilljack.coffee. What Stokes dot coffee dot coffee exists. Yep. So uh, let's get into these stories that we got now, David. I assume that in your twenty nine years you mm-hmm. have lived on this planet, yep. you have experienced things that one may call once in a lifetime. Uh, we use the expression to honor an event. Or experience of great importance. You know, like watching the Cubs win the World Series, attending your favorite band's reunion tour, 
spotting Jimmy Smith in a Walmart and begging him for a picture, even after he repeatedly claims that he is not, in fact, Jimmy Smith. But then you ask him to do the prom pose thing where you're in the front and he holds you from behind, and he agrees, but your Mima is one trying to take the picture on your iPhone, but she can't work the phone because she has a Samsung Galaxy, and she really just... Uh, is playing words with friends open and she accidentally just played the word moo and got you six points and she's fucking up your overall score. You know, once in a lifetime things. That was great because that gave me time to Google who Jimmy Smith was. (laughs) (laughs) He was in Dexter. He was in Star Wars. He was in, yeah, he's in a lot of stuff. Um, He's in Law and Order, I think, too. Probably. Who hasn't been? So, well, sometimes in this wild world of Jimmy Smith's lookalikes, there is a specific event that truly is once in a lifetime. Do you pick Jimmy Smiths because no one looks like Jimmy Smiths? <laughs> uh, I want to uh, interject Lou Diamond Phillips. Uh, does he look like Jimmy Smiths? I don't know. You'd have to look that You're up. You're old. <laughs> Lou Diamond Phillips. No one knows who that is. But I don't know. I just I just picked Jimmy Smiths because I saw him on a billboard the other day. And I was, I was like, he's obscure and funny, right? I don't know. And I, I think Lou Diamond Phillips is a stretch. <laughs> maybe a little. Maybe he's a little brother. <laughs> well, like I was saying, well, sometimes in this wild world of Jimmy Smith's lookalikes, there is a specific event that is truly once in a lifetime. But once in a lifetime, things aren't always so pleasant and fun. Sometimes they are mysterious and terrifying. Because this is the story of the Halley's Comet Panic of 1910. So, for those of you who don't know what Halley's Comet is, it is a short period comet visible from Earth every 75 to 76 years. I assume most people know what it is from that Hey Arnold episode. Am I correct in saying that? Not you. I'm pretty sure I saw it. But maybe... So you you guys know what Haley's comet? Yeah, is. I think I saw it. What was the last time it passed? You did not. You weren't born yet. You I think, sure? I think it was eighty six. I remember. Really? I remember it from Mark Twain or Samuel. Oh Clemens. my God! Don't you're ruining the end of my story. This is the problem when I invite <laughs> you on. You shut up right now. That's, okay. So this God is where you get it from. It. God damn it. Okay. So I'll keep. I'm not gonna let you talk. Don't bring up his name again. And uh, like I said, every 75 to 76 years, and is the only short period comet visible from Earth with the naked eye. Technically, on Wikipedia, it says it's also the only naked eye comet that might appear twice in a human lifetime. So that first paragraph is, is a fucking complete lie, apparently. Okay. But I don't know who's living for over 76 years. Not me. I'm I going out not. at 50 in a car on fire over a cliff. Okay. With a car full of sour straws. Listen to Kids Bop. <laughs> Listening to uh, Congratulations by Post Malone, sung by 12-year-olds. I'm giving giving myself two more years, so, you you know. (laughs) This episode's going to be worth something in two years. (laughs) Save the album. So, Also, if you're not 100% sure on what a comet is, a comet is an icy small solar system body that when uh, passing close to the sun warms and begins to release gases, a process called outgassing. uh, This produces a visible atmosphere or coma, and it sometimes also uh, has a tail to it. So now you guys are caught up on, you know, Halley's Comet and what comets are in general because I really – you don't really kind of know what they are. I feel like people just go, oh, shooting star. And you're like, oh, well, do you know what that is? And they're like, yeah, it's a fucking shooting star. It's a star. What more do you want? And you're like, no, that's that's not a star. Is there you know? another one similar to Halley's Comet that passes every now and then? Kohotek. Maybe that's one I saw. Ooh, okay. I remember I saw one that passes every couple hundred years or whatever. Is Hale Bop the same thing as Haley's Comet? 
Oof. Not hail bop isn't the same. Okay, but, I thought I that was a music it, genre. But <laughs> similar. Kids bop is what I'm thinking. Uh, okay, that comes. I thought back. it was kids bop, but it was Tony Hale singing all the songs. Oh wait, it comes back every 23 years, right? Pennywise, right? 27. <laughs> oh fuck. Right. So uh, yeah, you're probably right. So Haley's comet was first actually recorded by astronomers in 240 BC, but its visitation every 76 years was first determined in 1705 by English astronomer Edmund Haley, obviously, after whom it was named. But on May 6, 1910, Edmund Haley's name wasn't the name being discussed as the comet began to approach the Earth, but instead the recently deceased England's King Edward VII who was believed to have been the first omen of this comet as he died. So this comet was slowly coming towards Earth, and the king died, and they're like, oh, fuck, this is like this is like a bad omen. Something bad is about to happen. And uh, it only is about to get worse. Because, Good. see, at this point, everyone knew that Halley's Comet was on its way, but this time was different as the comet was especially close to the Earth and was actually able to be observed via spectroscopic analysis. That's a thing. Spectroscopic analysis and discovered that the toxic gas cyanog cyanogi cyanogay cyanogay um, was residing in the tail of the comet, which led Camille Flem. Flammarion to claim that when Earth passed through the tail, the gas would impregnate the atmosphere and possibly snuff out all life on this planet. So he was technically correct from the spectroscope that there was a you know there was a gas in this tail, but people were very skeptical about whether the gas could even like you know reach the Earth uh, and like I guess snuff out life because. This comet was so small compared to the Earth. So, I mean, so at this point, everybody you knew. You tell that to the fucking dinosaurs. Or the, or the cows that exist now. Or, yep. the, or the cows? Yeah, they want to, yeah. They're, they're from space. <laughs> they're they coming on a comet? Yeah, they're frozen in the comet. And when they, they, and when they entered the atmosphere, oh. it warmed them up and they brought it back to life when they landed in the ocean. Where did they come from? McDonald's. McDonald's. <laughs> Planet McDonald's. McDonald's moon. Oh, that's why they're everywhere. Wasn't there a creepy moon in the old McDonald's commercials? No, you're thinking the of late, Zelda. The Late Show? <laughs> oh, wait a minute. Yeah. Maybe it was The Late Show. Or was it McDonald's? There was a he cre- was in like a silver tuxedo and he had big old sunglasses. He was a moon? Yeah, he was like a real crescent moon. Oof. He was one jazzy what fellow. They, what were they promoting? Their crescent-shaped hamburgers, which were just hamburgers with giant bites taken out of them? Try our crescent-shaped burgers. We didn't take a bite of these. We swear. Oh, it, it was a McDonald's ad. Oh, and boy, fuck. is he creepy. <laughs> Holy mackerel. Well, that's who a they dan- were afraid he was going to jump off the comet and come kill them all. A dancing silver star? Uh, it's a, he, was a sil- he was a dancing silver moon. Oh. And everyone was afraid he was going to come down and put everybody in a sleeper hold. Oh, that guy's fucking terrifying. He has glasses. Is he smoking a cigarette? Oh, yes, he is. <laughs> so- <laughs> it looks like he was smoking a cigarette, and then they last second edited it out. <laughs> They're like... Wait, we sell fast food, right? They're like, <laughs> well, that goes hand in hand with cigarettes. You're yeah. going to be doing both at this point. So, like I said, at this point, everybody knew about this info and began to panic, looking for the coming omen, starting with the death of the king. 
the British also figured that it was an omen of a coming invasion of the Germans, while the French believed it was responsible for the flooding of the Seine. I don't know what that is. I'm guessing that's some sort of river in France. So other astronomers believed and pronounced loudly uh, that it was going to cause the Pacific to change basins with the Atlantic and the uh, primeval forests of North and South America uh, to be swept by the briny am- avalanche over the sandy plains of the Great Sahara, tumbling over and over with houses, ships, sharks, whales, and all sorts of living things in one heterogeneous mass of chaotic confusion, which I literally could not figure out. I could not picture what the fuck the guy was talking about. He was just like... The oceans are going to switch and everything's going to fall off a cliff. Basically, two uh, tidal waves coming across each other. And they've stopped that theory and they've gone on with the polar exchange and the winds hitting 600 miles an hour. Oh. So that's an older so theory. So they switch from tsunamis to uh, hurricanes? Yes, exactly. Oh, that makes more sense. Mm. You know, that damn astro- that, that, that damn moon man from McDonald's coming over and making all... Stop. Why are you... Every time you were around, it's so windy, moon man. Why? Mac tonight. I'm blowing all the smoke from my cigarettes in your faces. <laughs> Would you say Mac tonight? Yeah, I think that was the slogan for it was Mac tonight. That's not a good slogan. It was Mac tonight, breakfast tomorrow, I think. <laughs> a little racy. And, re- and repeat that fucking cycle <laughs> until you die. <laughs> Me, I'm kind of leaning towards the Hamburglar. Yeah. Oh, he's more, yeah. See, I like a good grimace in my closet. <laughs> I don't know any other characters. There was a there was a general in there somewhere. I went to McDonald's, and they had a general in, like, a car on our mural on the wall. And they also had, like, these little, like, they look like mop heads, and they're different colors, and they, yeah. like, walk around. Yeah, there's the weird yellow bird. That's... Mayor McCheese is maybe who you're thinking <laughs> yeah. of. That's... Yeah. <laughs> But there's I also love but, me a Mayor McCheese. But there's there's also uh, Officer Big Mac. <laughs> Arch enemy of okay, the Okay, let's not that might be a real police officer. <laughs> oh my lord. Hey, let's not we don't want to overstep really, Mayor McCheese. That yeah. might be the new we don't know where his guy running Canada is. soon. <laughs> Birdie the early bird was the the weird little bird. Man, this is a real Haley's comet really took a McDonald's <laughs> turn. Like it always does. So let's get back to this because the newspaper, (laughs) The Times, reported about the rumors of the toxic gas that cyanogen is a very deadly poison, a grain of its potassium salt touched to the tongue being sufficient to cause instant death. (laughs) They put that in a fucking newspaper. But it drives horses crazy. I I think that that's the basis of the California gas chamber, cyanide uh, potassium. Yeah, but, but this is cyanogen cyanogen yeah i know i said something else but i mean that might be that's a same. gas but i think they take the bag of cyanide I guess it, dip says, it, in it, the it water. says potassium salt so yeah i guess uh i don't really know what that is but like yeah they they basically just said this goes on your tongue from uh this gas and you did you're gonna yeah, but you, they said that about lsd too Oh, did they? I don't know. So should I should I be on a ladder when Haley's Comet flies over and be like, give me some of that sweet air? I'm still alive. What? Oh, that's true. 
Oh, so it causes brain damage. I, it, pretty much. <laughs> I cannot remember actors' names for the life it's of me. It's true. He's been in L.A. for four days. And he's like, oh, you, you know that guy with the, with the shoes? <laughs> You're like, what are you talking about? But um, so when I was young, we only uh, had four stars: Milton Berle, Rock Hudson, and their brothers. <laughs> no. So, like I said, uh, it's going to cause instant death. But there was one problem with the reporting, according to other astronomers. One astronomer, Percival Lowell, noted the gas was so rarefied as to be thinner than any vacuum, and therefore posed no threat. Uh, but much of, but much to his chagrin, it was too late. So he was just like. This is not going to cause any harm. It'll stay in the atmosphere. You guys don't have to worry about this. But they already printed the newspaper, and like they said, fear travels faster than bad news travels faster than good news. So the wave of panic was on. So, like I said, the wave swept over the world as gas masks flew off the shelves, and people even began to fill their keyholes with glue and other sticky materials to keep out any gas which is actually what the government told everybody to do in 2003 after 9-11. They, they said if there's you know something going on, duct tape all the keyholes in your door because they might have like some kind of like sarin gas attack or you know something like that. Like, don't worry about underneath the door, just the keyholes. I know. That's the thing. I'm like, I don't think my, my windows are like sealed enough. I could Hell hear so no. much shit through that. Like, yeah. You just use a wet towel for uh, the door crack. I get yeah. nervous when I get the guy washing my window outside. I'm like, oh, yeah. sir, sir, <laughs> you're going to get all my books wet, sir, sir, please. But um, so they're filling their locks with glue, which means they're stuck inside the house too. Um, others used the panic as a way to make money. Fraudsters hawked anti-comet pills with one brand promising to be an elixir for escaping the wrath of the heavens. Very fun. While a voodoo doctor in Haiti has said to be selling pills as fast as he can make them. And also two Texan uh, charlatans were arrested for marketing sugar pills as the cure-all for all things comet. But, uh, but police released them when customers demanded their freedom. How good of a salesman are those guys? Yeah. They literally just stole money from everybody, and they got arrested, and they're, they're selling you sugar pills. And they're like, this is bullshit. You release them right now. You release Mary McCheese. I don't know. This heart attack was natural. They did not give me this heart attack. That burger is heaven sent, and those cigarettes are from God. But, yeah, so they got them out of prison from— uh, Well, you know what those two guys went on to do, right? What? They made Tic Tacs. <laughs> those are sugar pills there you go i saw chris like on the couch with those tic tacs like comet's coming i was like Com- what dude is it orange his mouth's all orange <laughs> i smoke too much weed dude the comet's coming <laughs> yeah he has a big orange ass stain around his mouth <laughs> just blew a pumpkin were you, were you eating buffalo wings <laughs> i just blumped into pumpkin <laughs> as a diabetic if you ever see me in that state <laughs> I, Pop sugar pills in your I, mouth? I, no, no, no. Comet's got them. <laughs> just call an ambulance. Because <laughs> there's no getting the sugar the out ambu- of it. The ambulance showed up. We did all we could. We shoved 50 Tic Tacs <laughs> in his mouth. Like, I, he looks all sugared up. Well, he was alive. He choked on these Tic Tacs. <laughs> so it was also reported by West Coast newspapers. This is my favorite part. By West Coast newspapers uh, that a shepherd in Washington State was reported to have gone insane with worry about the comet. I think we call that anxiety nowadays. While in California, repping, a prospector nailed his feet <laughs> in one hand to a cross. And despite his agony, pleaded with rescuers to let him remain there. So he just he tried to crucify himself. Oh, I thought you said penis. No. <laughs> <laughs> that was feet? Feet. Okay. 
But it is a foot long, if you're asking. <laughs> Him and Milton Berle. Yeah, exactly. Good old Milton. <laughs> good old, good old Milkin. Don so, <laughs> meat packing Milton. <laughs> they called him Mayor McCheese. <laughs> he was the Hamburglar. <laughs> so, so uh, yeah, he just straight up nailed his feet to a cross in one hand because you couldn't do the other hand, obviously. Oh, yeah. And he couldn't get any willing participants. And they're like, dude, you got to get off the cross. And he's like, no, no, no. No, Jesus is going to be like, I recognize that guy. He looks, <laughs> this you guy's remind cool. me a lot of me when I was younger. Let <laughs> him. Sorry. Yeesh. Oh, sorry. He's Whoa. the one who did it, not me. Jeez. Okay. Jesus. So, <laughs> so at uh, as most of you probably know, the comet passed overhead and absolutely nothing happened. People in the streets dance as they survived the apocalypse, except for everyone in Atlanta because uh, the weather was so overcast that they weren't able to see any of the comet. But they did originally state that the clouds kept them from dying of the poison gas. So there's like. We love that it's overcast over here in Atlanta. And they're like, no, you guys just missed the comet. No, like, no, we fucking like it that it's overcast. We didn't want to see it. It saved us. So, like, everyone's alive except for the guy that nailed himself to a cross. And Samuel Clemens. Shut your Don't fucking mouth. You're such an asshole. Don't forget. I, I literally have this last paragraph that was supposed to be a really cool reveal. And guess what? It's not anymore. Because in the end, the comet was just a gentle reminder to everyone that we are all susceptible to death at any time. But the person who knew the best was actually born in 1835, just two weeks after Halley's Comet passed over 76 years prior. The man stated in 1909, just a year before the comet was to return, quote, I came in with Halley's Comet in 1835. It is coming again next year, and I expect to go out with it. It will be the greatest disappointment of my life if I don't go out with Halley's Comet. The Almighty has said, no doubt, now, here are, here are these two un, unaccountable freaks. They came in together. They must go out together. The man who spoke these words died of a heart attack on April 21st, 1910 in Reading, Connecticut, one day after the comet's closest approach to Earth. The man was one of the most prolific writers of his time and still is today. Some knew him as Samuel Clemens, but you may know him by his more notable pen name, Mark Twain. He did the uh, Twilight books, right? He did all the Twilight books. That's what I thought. Well, he did a lot of fan fiction, you know, like uh, yeah, yeah, the yeah. blogs. Yeah, he didn't. He didn't make the Twilight <laughs> books. He did a lot of coloring books, though. Like he did. He, yeah. You know, like uh, the pig left the barn. Like well, he was known for. It that. was more like the back of the menu at Red Robin, but. <laughs> <laughs> I look, by, by, for no one who can see this, my papa's over here trying to interject and tell us what he actually wrote, and we just keep going, and he's like chomping at the bit, being like, you guys, you, you wrote Huckleberry Finn. No, I was trifurcating. Well, I don't know what that means. Oh, you I'm, Samuel Clemens. Hold on. I, I know. I just split into three. One other outer space um, prophetic issue was pitcher Gaylord Perry. What about, what about him? For the Giants. He was taking batting practice one time. And after batting practice, a reporter yelled to the coach, hey, when's Gaylord going to hit a home run? And the coach laughed and said, man's going to land on the moon before he hits a home run. Oh. And the day of the moon landing and the man walked on the moon, within 90 minutes, Gaylord Perry hit his first home run. Whoa. That's awesome. When was Lance Bass on the moon? Because he was the first... (laughs) 
he's going to be the first man on because you know the moon landing is fake, right? Yeah, they filmed Lance, it a few blocks away. Lance Bass of Insync is going to be the first man on the moon. If you didn't know that, Lance. <laughs> yeah, Lance. You clearly don't listen enough. <laughs> uh, we'll we'll go into that later when we get pause, but. That is really interesting, though. That's, I mean, because, yeah, he's a pitcher. He don't hit home runs. And he was a bad hitter, too. So. Oh, really? Just That was just a little side tribute. No, that's it. awesome. I've never heard of that before. That's yeah. cool. But, yeah, so uh, Mark Twain was born with Halley's Comet, and he went out with Halley's Comet. Isn't it crazy that, like, a year before he was going to die, he's like, I'm going to be super disappointed if I don't die next year. Everyone's like, no, oh, man, you're going to live for a long time. He's like, Fucking go give me a Big Mac and a cigarette. I'm going next year. But that's very similar to the cult, Heaven's Gate, I believe. Applegate or Applegate. Not Applegate. Christina Applegate. (laughs) (laughs) No, Heaven's Gate. They all wore like Nike tracksuits. We'll probably get into them a little bit later in the podcast. But um, they all wore Nike tracksuits, filled their pockets with like 850 and quarters, and laid with like purple triangles over their faces. And they believed that when a, one of the comets, I think it was like a hail bop or something like that, came by, that they were going to like jump on it. It might have been Haley's Comet in like 86. And they all took like cyanide and killed themselves. And it was like super creepy. They just believed that they were going to jump on the comet when it was close to Earth. Well, now we don't have to do that story. But <laughs> the, pre- the, pre- the preacher's name was Applethwaite. Oh, the Chris- crazy white haired man. Oh, okay. They usually are white. I mean,. <laughs> And what? And they usually have white hair, cause they, cause they all that cyanide make your hair white. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, that's my story of the 1910 Haley's Comet panic. So go put some glue in your locks, dudes. Once again, thank you for letting me uh, chime in yeah. with a story. This story is from my youth, uh, when I was about 15 years old to 18 years old. We'd pile in the car, and we would head on out to this exclusive neighborhood. Exclusive, as it's in, like, rich people? Very rich people. Like, about, you know, probably 6 to 10 million. Did you say where you were? Uh, you, where you're from? Uh, yeah, I'm from San Francisco. Uh, actually, from San Bruno, California. And uh, the peninsula is my um, stomping grounds. So it's right next to San Francisco, for anybody who doesn't know San Bruno. Yeah. Uh, that's the we have the big fire there, but there is a there is a high level um, exclusive neighborhood called Hillsboro, California, oh. and in let's see, it was about 1915 that um, there was a long time ago they were the transportation um, moguls, and it was called the Pullman Railroad Car um, Company, and uh, basically. The heiress, um, her name was Harriet Pullman Carolins. Sounds um, like a rich broad's name. <laughs> she was hot. Was she? I don't know. Hot and rich? Yeah. Sign they, me up. It would be like the equivalent of the uh, the Rolls Royce heiress. Oh, really? That yeah, big? That big. Okay, that's cool. But unfortunately, uh, over the time, this period... They started to build this house um, in 1915. It took many years to build because of illness and uh, some financial ups and downs. And like after, like the, five years after they glued all the locks, you know, yeah. <laughs> they're like, we got there's a lot of construction going on. We that comet came over, we glued all the fucking locks. You know, it was 98 rooms in this place. Holy shit, that's a lot of glue. And How that, do you stop at 98? <laughs> I well no, I yeah, even, that is kind of fucking fucked up. It's two just, more. It's described as four and a half floors. What's a half floor? <laughs> is that an attic? 
but that looks almost sounds I usable. Know. I would toilets, all the bathrooms might be up there. I, I don't know. I think it's just like a crawl space where like shit goes downhill. Or yeah, you you use like a Ouija board or some shit. You yeah. know. So anyway, let moving on. Um, so we have, uh, it was built as a French chateau style in the late, um, in the actually early 1900s, and it was built for $1 million, the equivalent today of $25 million. Holy shit. Uh, it was originally on 556 acres, um, and they were the best acres on the peninsula. Is it bad that I don't know what like an, how big an acre is? Yes. People are like, <laughs> people are like, oh, that's like uh, three hundred acres. I'm like, oh, it's probably like uh, like one hundred fifty dollars, right? They're like, it does three hundred acres. I'm like, oh, it's three hundred dollars, like a dollar an acre. A dollar an acre. <laughs> is that like a square foot? I know what that is. <laughs> well, Noah, I know how big my fucking foot is. Noah misjudged the cubit. I don't know what that means. I don't know. Was that that's how big they were built in cubits back then? I think. Oh yeah, no, they don't have those anymore. We switched to the American systems. Yeah. No more cubits. So, and the reason I bring up the size is because oh, they always bring up size. Always, <laughs> it's usually a lie. <laughs> that's the biggest I ever seen. Oh, you never seen a bigger bus than this? It's just the bus stop. <laughs> we're talking about buses, right? Uh, no tra- train cars. <laughs> okay. Um, the reason I bring it up is because this house has such an odd history that leads up to uh, the culmination of something that is um, very disturbing. Uh, Harriet Pullman Carolyn built the house. She was the, um, the once again, the uh, heiress to a Pullman rail car Kind of a kind of a um, a Winchester thing we got going on here. We got some That's rich, rich, got some rich broad want to build a bunch of rooms. Back, you know, back then when it was legal to you know buy people and hunt people, now they gotta <laughs> they gotta hide it more. So it's back true. then, just build houses to show off their wealth. Yeah. Before they built the got the house done, she ran across illness. She passed away. The family lived in the house for a very short time. The husband was so. Um, uh, taken, you know, was so hurt by her, uh, death. death that he ended up moving out. The house stood vacant for many years and over time, um, it fell into dis, uh, disregard and, uh, leaked. And, uh, it was finally <laughs> my I'm house al- leaking again. I'm always leaking. <laughs> yeah. Ever since my, my wife died, I've been leaking. Sir, you're going to have to get out of this holiday in. <laughs> So anyway, <laughs> I'm I'm just trying to tell the story because I I know I listen to your program. You guys are so funny, and I'm nervous. Oh, yeah. So anyway, oh, they you're, uh, you're too sweet. It was bought by Countess Lillian Remillar Dandini in 1950 for eighty thousand dollars, and it was it needed to be fixed up. So uh, it was from there. It was donated to the city of Hillsboro, and then it was went to the state of California. Uh, in the early '60s, um, it was uh, it tried to it was looked at by President Kennedy to be what he called the White House West. Oh, that's so fucking. It's where you'd cool. hide all his mistresses. No, honestly, yeah. I mean, like it makes sense because Kennedy was one of those guys who's like, like that family alone. He's like, oh, I'm just gonna buy this house just just for my family. Just by my immediate family, we have 98 rooms because we have 120 cousins, and they're all cursed. 
Do they have the awe bar there from the... Uh, Who's that? Oh, uh, you. that's an... That's another occultist thing that we were going to go into? No, that was, that was the uh, incident at uh, Florida Beach or... Is that the one the where we drove off the bridge? No, where somebody got <laughs> raped and they blamed him oh, on the geez. Kennedy. Claim. That family, I swear. We're going to do a whole episode on that family. Well, because here's, here's another family. It was bought by, in 1985 by the Johnsons. Johnson and Johnson? Yeah. The double Johnsons? I don't know. The double J's. You're the biggest Johnson I've ever seen. (laughs) The other brother's like, I'm kind of (laughs) big. Oh, look at me. You're You're three feet tall, Johnson. (laughs) He's the second Johnson in the name. (laughs) And so anyway, what happened was... um, Oh, hit the table. (laughs) This guy has... He's like, Link, he's an orator over here. He's like, we can't stand for this. So they... uh, so what happened was they purchased it, put twenty million dollars into it, and holy shit! And after it was completed, um, the city said, "You guys got to hire um, constant guards and maintain the lost, maintain the grounds." And and by the way, this is like we're at like fifty million dollars now that has like been put into this house in like modern day yeah and, money. And out of the seventy years, probably. It was lived in for about twenty-five to thirty. It, oh, it's, wow! It's, yeah. It stood vacant, and as a high school student, we would break in, and we would run through the halls, break some windows. There was beautiful yeah. furniture in there, yeah. And uh, but there used to be some satanic stuff going on in there too. Yeah, I feel like any abandoned building, you know, that's just a, you know, that's just a good place. You can't, you can't draw blood on your walls and not get yelled at by mama. Mm-hmm. So yeah. you got to go to the broken window shack and, you know, summon some demons there. Some demon. So after being forced to maintain the mansion and hire full-time security, um, what happened was um, it drove away some of the uh, some of the looky-loos that would come in like us. But one day, a couple of kids, two girls, Janine Grinzel and uh, her best friend, Lori McKenna, both 17 from Burlingame, California, um, pulled up to the darkened grounds at dusk. And as um, as it was scary enough, during the daytime, night was falling, and they ventured towards the front door of the property. See, this sounds like a fun Scooby-Doo cartoon. <laughs> no but, dogs. Uh, I have a feeling that it's not going to be good. No those, dogs. Those darn meddling kids. That's Those satanic kids. <laughs> not meddling. It was just such a night. When the sun dipped behind the mountain, and they parked their car, and they found themselves in front of the munchin- the mansion's the front-, front door. <laughs> oh, fuck. Oh, we didn't know they took over. <laughs> you're, if, getting, you're getting Mark Twainy up in here. Yeah, if, Mark, if, if the uh, mountains if, and the if sun. President Kennedy hadn't worked real hard to purchase the property and had obtained it, they might have been stepping into a tour. Instead, they were greeted at the front door by the devil in a security guard uniform oh shit just the guy that you think's gonna help you his name was david allen raley a security guard oh fuck now i move into um you know and they always they always have the three names you know that you know why they do the three names right because they if there's satan there's another Oh, cause Satan has three Satan. names. No, because it, like there might be another David Rayleigh out there, and he's just like, "What the fuck?" But like, if you're David Allen Rayleigh, it's a lot less likely. Yeah, don't go tweeting this guy now. I mean, <laughs> they're like, "Fuck you, David Allen Rayleigh." He's like, "Not me. It's not me." One of my good friends is David Carpenter, and not the trail after the killer. Car- 
Oh, I thought that was of the Carpenters. Same name of the trail side killer. Oh. This guy has different demons. Ooh, demons on him. Demons in him. <laughs> so David Allen, Allen Rayleigh was a security guard on duty when the girls arrived at the mansion. He was a chubby man with a full beard and the beginnings of a unibrow. Ooh. Wait, 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 wait. I gotta go to the bathroom real quick. <laughs> Need a little time you said out. You me on the unibrow? That's a that's a, a weird introspection. There that's the guy who a... lost against Mary McCheese. <laughs> he had a history of creeping young women out during his t- little tours that he gave. Uh, he told one woman how easy it would be to murder someone there, and made others scream their lungs out in a walk-in safe, so they would know that no one would hear them. Oh huh? shit, Jesus! That's a that's a good employee. Yeah. You know? Scream as loud as you can. Well, I mean, I'm sure it makes people never want to go back there, so. I, yeah, I guess if he's trying, if that was, like, his tactic, where he's like, oh, yeah. you're trying to be creepy and spooky, this is fun, but then he's just, like, actually getting a thrill off this shit. Yeah. You should have been employed at a fucking bank, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Don't go in there. I'm going to shut the door. And <laughs> On that Saturday, Rayleigh agreed to give Grinzel and McKenna a tour as long as they parked their car where no one could see it. Hey, oh, hey. Can you uh can you burn all your can you burn your car real quick and then <laughs> yeah. all your clothes burn those too and uh, crawl in this dumpster? Funny you should say that. Uh oh. Uh oh. Sometimes the guards got sexual favors for doing this. He joked. It's not oh for as a joke. As a joke. Ha ha ha. Very funny. Where's my hug? He, you know those guys. Yeah. <laughs> that comes. You're ruining my story. Oh, now. I'm glad. Fuck you. <laughs> he does that a lot. <laughs> yeah. Fuck you. By the end of. By the end of the walkthrough, Rayleigh claimed he heard police dogs and demanded that the girls hide in the basement safe so they wouldn't get in trouble. The girls were hesitant, but he promised they wouldn't. he wouldn't shut the door behind him. They relented and got in the safe. He slammed the thick metal door behind them. I was going to say, I, I have a feeling of what's going to happen. I said, I won't. Just get in there. I won't kill you. They're like, what? I just, didn't think you were. Just do what I say, damn it. <laughs> Come on, this is for sexual fevers. Come on. People will see you again, I swear. <laughs> Grinzel and McKenna sat in the dark safe for five minutes before they heard him again. Lori! <laughs> he called out in an eerie sing-song tone. What the fuck was that? What is he doing? I don't know. I think, no, I must have done that wrong. <laughs> Lori! But That's he's, more sing-song. But he's, but he's yelling at for them? Yeah. Oh, what? Yeah. Is this a, just like a game he's playing outside? Uh, I think he was calling her out. Oh, okay. He said that he'd let them go if they took their clothes off. They stripped down to their underwear, only to be handcuffed and led to workroom. Oh, shit. That's, he's a liar. That's, <laughs> that's the first sign that he wasn't honorable. If there's one thing I know about David Allen Rayleigh is that he's a liar. <laughs> he tied McKenna to the workbench and dragged Grinzel away. McKenna sat helpless as she heard the friends scream echoes Ugh. throughout the the bowels of the mansion. Oh fuck. After sexually assaulting both girls, Rayleigh promised to let them go. This promise was only as good as his previous one. We know he's a liar. Yep. Rayleigh beat Grinzel with his nightstick for several minutes. She oh somehow God. survived. He stabbed McKenna in the stomach. She fought back, so he stabbed her 34 more times. What? Oh, my God. No, that is like, we need to talk about that. That 34? Well, 35. Well, oh, 34 more times. Including the first one, yeah. But like like Lizzie Borden, like we talked about the other day, she only did like, you know, 15, 11 hits with a hatchet. Can I tell you something? Personal experience? Honest? (laughs) 
this is this can't you can't go to jail for what you say on here. When they look you in the eyes and you have a um, a knife on them, they're always surprised when you actually put it in them, and then you can't just stop you, you once. Can't. You I can't just do one poke. It's got to be five or nine. This would have been a lot better if you weren't his first person in this story. You have it hidden all the knives in the house, right? <laughs> no, I was actually told this by a friend of mine. Wait, what? <laughs> David I mean, Allen Rayleigh? No, no, no. By another. No, his brother. No, by somebody who defended his mom. Oh. Like, well, I, he lives up in Oregon. Yeah. Maybe you know him. Sure I do. <laughs> Uncle Tam? <laughs> um, Jesus. Okay, so anyway, getting back to the story. Before the end of the shift at 4 p.m., Rayleigh locked the women in the trunk of the uh, of his 1973 Plymouth until his boss showed up to relieve him. Ew, the supervisor, what's, what's the, the boss doing? That's the sexual favors he was talking about. No, he, <laughs> he was, was relieving he, him, right? He, Best uh, damn job I've ever had. <laughs> <laughs> you got a promotion. Yeah, <laughs> hey, I can far. handwrite too, with this too thing. Too far, too far. Okay, okay. The supervisor didn't get there until five five fifteen. Rayleigh tut-tutted his boss about being tardy and then drove off with a trunk full of bloody teens. Oh, fuck. Uh, he drove for over an hour until he got out of his house in South San Jose and parked his car in the garage. Grinzel and, Mc- and McKenna were still alive. He gave them a sleeping bag to keep warm and warned them that his what? friend Bob would shoot them if they made a sound. Okay, so first, she's alive after 35 stabs? That's my question. And also, real why is he knife. giving him a sleeping bag? Because like, when you lose that much blood, you get cold. <laughs> well, I'm not wondering why they're cold, but I'm wondering why he, all of a sudden he's just like, is, it, is that like the whole, like, I'm trying to be chivalristic because he really was like trying to get them, but then he was like a big old fat nerd with a unibrow? No, it was a different situation. He had actually brought them to his house where he was going into the house to play Monopoly with his family. Oh, you know that real wholesome, family man. You know that yeah, wholesome Monopoly game. Yeah. Hey, He's like, look, I brought you some cheese dip. Like, I usually I... stab people after Monopoly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I stab them during Monopoly. Yeah. But you know, like when he landed, I'm like, uh huh, and you go to jail. He's like, I ain't never going to fucking jail. And they're like, okay, you need to calm down, David. He's like, I'm sorry. It's just like I got two, I got, uh, I got a two on the dice, not two teens well, in a trunk. I think he was going in to grab the iron from that little, you know, the little Monopoly iron thing to beat him with. Right? <laughs> He's yeah. like, you want a sizzle? Yeah. You want a cheeseburger? I'm Mary McCheese, baby. And even though there was a threat of Bob taking him out, no friend Bob existed. Makes sense. They just kept quiet after an evening of watching TV and playing Monopoly with his sister like any normal night in the burbs. McKenna and Grizel faded out of consciousness as they slowly bled out in the trunk. Rayleigh went to check on them several times. His father and sister never got suspicious of what he's doing out there. Oh, so it's his father and sister in there. Yeah. That makes a lot more sense. I thought he had like a family with like a wife and kids, but... Maybe he stabbed the mom too. Don't know. (laughs) She liked the mansion she showed up to. Well, she fell down a, you know... a shoots and, and ladders game. No, an <laughs> let's play shoots and ladders. Like fell oh. down an elevator shaft onto two bullets. Oh yeah, that classic one. Um, the women were both alive when they when Rayleigh drove them out to the then rural stretch of Silver Creek Road and dumped them down a ravine. McKenna waited to, in the cold creek bed, 
at the bottom of the drops for hours, fearing that Rayleigh was still stalking them nearby. I wouldn't it's, try to climb it up. It started to drizzle, and with her hands cut badly, she climbed up the muddy and trash-strewn embankment using her elbows. She made it to the top of the incline and laid at the top of the road. Three cars passed without stopping. Finally, two men in a pickup truck stopped and called an ambulance. One of the men tried to hug McKenna. She did not want to be touched. Oh, where's my hug? Yeah. <laughs> That's him. Yeah. Laura, no, Jesus Christ. Lori McKenna survived her own murder. Jeannie Grinzel did not. Oh. She died on the operating table from 41. Oh, oh my God. How did she... That's... Lizzie Borden? No. Nope. Took... Okay. Yeah, you're gay. right. You're right with the took song. An, took an axe. You didn't listen to that episode. I know I did, and I know there wasn't That's that many. That's a false song. Yeah. But I don't remember the song, and remember? I was here. Remember? he's like... I remember the song, but I couldn't. I can. You say argued it. that that artists, and musicians, don't have to tell the truth because songs don't have to be completely honest. Yeah. Which I say, fooey. All right. <laughs> the saying was Lizzie Borden took an axe, gave, gave her him a father forty, 40 wax. wax, and when she see when she saw what she had done, she gave her mother forty one, her father forty one. Uh, I think she did the mother first. I'm sorry. Yeah, she killed the mom. It was like eight, yeah. and then the dad was yeah. like eleven. And so anyway, Rayleigh was sentenced to death in nineteen eighty eight. He exhausted the last of his appeals in 2014 and currently sits on San Quentin's death row. He's in San Quentin? Yeah. He's oh. still alive? Yeah. 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 Oh, shit. It was only 88. As, as a matter yeah. of fact, the guy who told me about the the stabbing, mm-hmm. that they're always surprised and you can't just stop after once. Yeah. He met him. He knew him. Uh, he was, my, the guy who... This I, is your friend? Yeah. <laughs> Good old, you know, a Stabber's Anonymous meeting. Yeah. <laughs> It was, he, they like to say it's, you know, punk piercing. What? That's what they call it? No. Oh. <laughs> it's just good old Shiv. Oh. <laughs> I wonder if he got stabbed in prison yet. He's like, oh, that's what that fucking feels like. Oh, that's, that sucks. That shit. <laughs> I was doing then? Yeah. No, actually, what's funny was he was in jail, and he he weighed about probably 400 pounds. Oh, shit. And he goes, you want to see my name? I got it. Uh, Want to see my name when I was in jail? And he lifts up his shirt, and he's got a big belly. I got a big belly. He's got a bigger belly, <laughs> and it says Rhino. I said I looked at. Him, he goes, Yeah, because I always was when two groups stood off. I was always the first one to charge him. Oh and I said, God. Why does it say Gyno? <laughs> <laughs> did it? Did it? No, it said, oh, okay. but it was all kind of jumbled up. It was yeah. all stretched. Yeah. It was Comic stretched. sand stretched and out. I should probably stop at about this point. Yeah. You're going to start incriminating yourself with Rhino. No, no, no. He already did. He did 25 years for that. Oh my God. So, and he was released, you know, so. Well, be careful around Rhino next time you see him. <laughs> he loves me enough to laugh at Yeah. That. That's, that's what they all say at first. <laughs> and then so, he's like, I love you. <laughs> So thank you very much for letting me come and air my little story. You're, thank yeah, you, but you're, you're not off yet. You got to listen to this shit. Yeah, you got to listen to my piece of shit story I wrote three okay. years ago. <laughs> so David, now you're up. All right, so I wanted to cover a, a monster from a land we don't talk a whole lot about, and that is Australia. Oh, we don't. With it. Uh, no. See, we don't cover a lot of their monsters. Yeah. Um, so hiding within the trees lurks a strange, small red creature ready to latch on to any unfortunate soul who gets too close. This monster is known as many by the Yaramayahu. 
Yeah. I was going to say that before you, you yeah, took you, it you're very, right out of my mouth. Yeah, you're really familiar with the Yara. Can you say it one more time? The It's a, a Yara Ma Yahoo. Yara Ma Yahoo. Yeah. Okay. That's easier when you say it a little bit quicker. Yeah. And that, that sing-songy part kind of disturbs me a little bit. Like, does that have anything to do with his temperament? I would hope it's the sound it makes when it launches off of trees. Yara Ma Yahoo. Yeah, it's kind of like a Mario thing. He's like, oh, ooh. And like falls. And kills you. Okie dokie. Um, so the Yarama Yahoo is a pint-sized monster, but don't let his size fool you. The creature resembles a little red frog-like man, about four feet tall, with red skin and red hair. Oh, so we got a frog man on our hands. A little bit. Okay. Just a little bit. A little <laughs> I off- could show you one of those. Yeah? <laughs> I think I'm sitting across from one. <laughs> ribbit, ribbit. <laughs> Rubbing. <laughs> So one of the many characteristics that resembles the frog is the size of its monstrous mouth. And uh, that mouth bears no teeth, but like a snake, it can unhinge its jaw for a bigger gulp. Uh, Are you trying to scare me? Maybe. This is the horniest monster I've ever heard. (laughs) No teeth and it can make its mouth bigger? Hmm, sign you up. I don't need no heiress. I just need a tiny frog man. (laughs) The Yarama Yahoo... Also uh, has suckers on the tips of its fingers. <laughs> also kind of a bit like a frog, you know? Suck, um, suckers. But unlike a frog, these suckers are not made for climbing, but are used to suck the blood out of its victims. Whoa, I don't like this anymore. The suckers yeah. are? Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. So this creature is from the Aboriginal uh, mythology and has been waiting in the Aussie trees for a long time. It's believed this creature completely survives off the hunger for blood. But we've said this at the beginning of the podcast, which blood is the sweetest of all the blood? Oh my God, this call this is a callback to like episode three. Yeah, so which do you blood know is what, it? do you know what blood is the best blood? Which blood do you just gotta get your hands on? Women's blood. <laughs> <laughs> You've been hanging out with Rhino too much. No, oh. of course. One human. One, two, three. Young blood. Young blood is what the, the hell is that? It's young blood. It's oh. the blood of the young. Oh, that's not that, good. That youthful blood that doesn't have you know those. We had, hamburgers. So we had the watcher of like New Jersey, and he was a guy that stocked this house, and he would constantly say, I want the young blood, bring out the children. He would leave letters in this mailbox of this house and say, I want the children. I see them playing. I want the young blood. And young blood is all he talked about. That's all Give he loved. Give me that young blood. He, that's all he loved. He just wants some young blood. Uh, he should go through garbage cans. What? <laughs> <laughs> What's up garbage can? What uh, kind of garbage? Stop hanging out with Rhino, man. <laughs> Can't go through garbage cans no more. So, yeah, children are typically the biggest targets for these bloodsuckers. So, like I said before, these creatures are said to inhabit mostly fig trees. Oh, okay. Which I guess are really uh, big in Australia. I don't know. I didn't know there's a lot of figs in Australia. Yeah, I didn't either. Huh. Um, so, when they're hiding up in the, the fig trees, they're usually uh, sleeping or hibernating during the night. Oh, they're day killers. Yeah, so that makes strikers. That makes them a little more different than the usual like monsters that they they thrive in the daylight. I like how we're like they hibernate at night. You're like you, they just that's. I feel like when you're hibernating at night, you're just sleeping. Yeah, I don't know why it's worded like that. <laughs> I didn't. T- I mean, that's just from what I was basing this off. They're of. just trying to sound smarter. They yeah, just, they're taking a sleep. Yeah, National Geographic, whatever. <laughs> does, uh, he, does he tape candy in the tree outside his house? 
Well, I think what it is is uh, I think kids just like eating figs, and so it's an easy thing. People eat figs off the ground, I think, and and it like comes out in there because those are sweet. You just yeah. Picked, you know what I was always thinking of that I don't. I still don't know what it is. You know, kookaburra sits in the old gum tree. What is a gum tree? And is there gum in there? No. Okay. I used to know what a gum tree was. Now I can't remember what it is. Kind of fucked up my childhood. I thought it was like a bubble bazooka bubble gum tree. You know. That's where a monster would live if you try to get me. You might be able to, like, take the gum from its bark, the bark of it. Oh, like, yeah, it's, like, something where you could extract something. Because, yeah, I always, I always thought what a gum tree was, but fig tree is a close second. I'd definitely go for a fig right about now. Yeah, all right. You guys don't figs. I'm talking about figs. Get me excited. But so, yeah, during the day, the creature is out for blood and wanting and waiting for anybody to stop below its tree. According to the tales... It is believed that you can escape the the attack of the Yaramayahu by playing dead. You know why? Oh, um, it doesn't like dead blood. Nope. Yeah, I mean, yes. I'm just I'm agreeing. No, it doesn't like dead blood. Oh, okay. So, um, it's only interested in the blood of a living being. Oh, because they know about coagulation. Yep, they don't want none of that. Yeah, I'm more of a blood. I'm more of a smoothie guy. I'll skip on the gelatin. Yep. So, uh. What does this monster do if it gets you? Well, we know that it has the sucker fingers, mm-hmm. right? We, but they got no teeth in the mouth, so that's interesting. Well, yeah. I'm thinking about like a turkey vulture that's going to go through your soft tissue. Yeah. Your, either your, bo- your, bottom, your bottom or your eyes. Yeah. Oh, God, that's so disturbing to think about sucking blood. There's not a lot of blood in the eyes. They got to go for the main arteries. No, they, go for shove that their, they shove their head right inside your whole body. That's <laughs> why That's why when you see them, they're, they're always covered like from the top of their head to their neck in blood. Children? Yeah, children. <laughs> the children. <laughs> you know all the children around yeah. covered in blood. Come here, children. <laughs> so uh, it's said that it would latch onto your torso disable you and drain you with its hands and feet oh so it's got some on its toes too yeah see it's god god fucked that creature up it was like i'm gonna give you a big ass mouth no teeth yeah it's all on your fingers and toes well after the long process of draining you it starts to consume you <gasps> it does the old unhinged boa constrictor or python what is it what's the one that like swallows the the whole crocodiles that's boa constrictor I is think. that the big one. Or is like, it an anaconda? Oh, anaconda. anaconda that's yeah. what well, it is. a python can do it as yeah. well. J-Lo made it. Yeah, she did. Was Ice Cube in that? I no. Think he was. LL Cool J. Ice T or Ice Cube? It was LL Cool J. No, that was in Deep Blue Sea. He I, was in both. Oh, fuck. I, I was more of a John Voight guy. Yeah? Was he in that? Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> I gotta watch that now. Um. So, the reason why I said it's a long process of it consuming you is once it takes your bloodless body into its mouth yes um it will regurgitate you then consume you whole again and then regurgitate you and swallow you whole again until it has drained you from every drop of blood is that kind of like what cows do when they like chew on they have four stomachs right it's what's it called chud or something no no that's kind of like a spider don't they they throw up in their mouths and they keep chewing it or something that's cud yeah cud okay kind of similar but that makes milk yum well, we never saw what comes out of the Yamababa Hubu. Yeah. <laughs> we might so, get some uh, milk and strawberry milk. No, you get something different when it's doing this whole process. <laughs> so it's not entirely bad. Um, <laughs> it's, not, it's not like you're completely dead after all this. And this is where the comparison to vampires comes from. 
Okay, so you have no oh, blood in your body, okay. but you're not dead yet. So he must. You know what merconium is? That's fake diamonds. No merconium. <laughs> no mer- cubic zirconium. Merconium is. <laughs> merconium is the first bowel movement of an infant. Oh, that's right. Yeah, it's, I know, don't know what that has. The fluid. I wear that on a chain. It would be. It would be in very rich in nutrients and like the placenta. Edible and full of vitamins. You gotta stop hanging out with Rhino. I think he's hanging out with cats. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's believed that uh, after they've drained you of all your blood, your transformation would start and you'd become a fig tree dwelling Yara Mayahu joining their <laughs> army. I thought they were gonna become a fig tree, which is a lot cooler. That's why there's opinion. so many goddamn fig trees. <laughs> That would be a cool little lore thing, though. Yeah. You become the fig tree. But here's the thing. They're pint-sized, right? And a child is size. a child. <sighs> and a child is small, so I guess that would make sense that they would, you know, become a Yaramahu. You know what I mean? Yeah, and it's probably also the fact that it's it's harder to swallow a six-foot man than a four-foot child. Yeah, true, true, true. What about, uh, do they eat figs as well? Because nope. the, the figs, along with the uh, the rich nutrients of the blood, would make for a very, you know... Pro- a great meal. Uh, well, and plus, <laughs> it, it would grow fig trees like crazy. Yeah. No, I believe, uh, I think they just sit in fig trees because it's a, it's a usual, people tend to pick figs yeah. and so i think it's probably a regional thing that's like this is it's like an apple tree mm-hmm. you know people are out picking them so it's a it's love, a good place to i would love to see you know they've all tried a fig i don't like it i don't want young brother but i'll settle for this half a fig right here that's what they sound like you know that i didn't oh little kids or they are they wait they're australian right yeah no, the Abori- <laughs> the aborigine hi look at them kids <laughs> So bad. What the? No, hell? they have this. They have the the British accent, but it's it's. Why did they get that? Because they <laughs> were they were one of the last um, one of, of the, the last, Mohicans. No, one of the last groups of people just that was discovered on Earth. Yeah. So how did they get become English? So? Oh, oh, you you don't know that? They cleared out all the prisons in England and they put them on Australia. Do you not? You actually not know that? That's what they did. They had over. Ireland. No, no, they had overpopulation in the prison system in England, and they didn't know what to do with all the prisoners. So they put them on a boat, and they brought them over to Australia, and they said, you live here now. You can work and form a society and stuff. That's why they sound like more rugged Brits. The whole whole society was filled out convicts. No, it's – no. And then I don't really know how much of the history goes past that, but I yeah. did hear, I read that, and I watched a documentary, and they always talk about that, and it's like a very common thing yeah. for oh, Australians. Very so, good. Yeah. Yep. Interesting, right? Yeah. You taught me something. And we all know that what was the one thing lurking deep in the prison? Rhino. <laughs> it's gyno. Paul Giamatti, Paul Giamatti yeah. in a rhino costume? No, oh, yeah. no. Say it, David. I want to hear you say it because I can't say it. What was lurking deep in there that got transported over to... You know, Australia. Ayama Mama. Whoo. Oh, you're talking about the, uh, <laughs> the pull it back up. I, I have to it. write this description later because yeah. I can't. I'm, there's no way I'm going to figure this out. The Yarama Yahoo. Yeah. So that was, that was, which honestly, possibly. I could have spelt it differently here too. So I'm going to have to look it up. Um, <laughs> sometimes when I deal with words like this, I'll spell it how it sounds. Uh, so I don't fuck it up later. Yeah. Yeah. I've been yeah, doing yeah. that lately. I think it's working. Yeah. 
Yeah, that makes sense. Did you know that kangaroos aren't indigenous to Australia? They came from another um Oh, Planet continent. X? Yeah. Planet X. No, not Planet X. <laughs> Uranus. <laughs> That's interesting. I thought, I don't know where they are. No, but they, they did well once they got there and... Start get kicking, rid of them. Start kicking Flourish, ass and taking yeah. names. Yeah. yeah. That makes Stuffing sense. babies in their little pouch. <laughs> Joey's, no, as they call No, no. You know what? They're, um, they're both androgynous. They're both male and female. Mm-hmm. And everyone, they always have a baby, a little wiggle worm inside that pouch. Yeah. Oh, wow. So so they're always pregnant or with child. Huh. Interesting. Huh. This well, I got to go to Australia. Go get, me, go get me a kangaroo and mm. go check... Reach my hand in that pouch. A huge pupae. Yeah, whatever you say. You got to stop hanging out with Rhino. Anyway, anyway, I think that's our episode for today. So we want to say thank you guys for tuning in. And uh, we love telling you these stories. And we love it uh, when you listen. And uh, we do have merch. We do have mugs. And we do have social media. So you go check out all that social media. Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. We're trying to be more active on all that, but you know us. We don't really do that. But uh, go check it out. Go follow us on Instagram. That's where the, we're the most active. And uh, you could rate, review, and subscribe to us as well on Apple Podcasts, and we'd really appreciate that because that's how we get seen by the masses. And uh, I also want to say thank you, uh, Papa Kit thank you, Papa. Harrington, for uh, stopping by and telling us the story of what you and Rhino did. We know what you did. <laughs> You gonna say something? <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna say good night, Gino, wherever you are. <laughs> and um, David, uh, what else? What else do we got? Uh, we've got Carl Weathers Weather Channel. Wow. Yeah. We got Rhino's underwear. Oh, I don't think anybody's gonna be buying that. What else we got, Papa? Lean into the mic. Tell the people what we got. Uh. Anything to that comes to mind. What do, what do we got here? What are we selling in the merch shop today? Gary the doll. We're not selling him. <laughs> God Why would it. you do that? <laughs> Gary, it's okay. Gary, we're not selling you. <laughs> you know, you guys are out there trying to get your hands on Gary Bear. Uh, you're not getting him. Nope. We've got a unicycle, mo- uni- unicycle motorcycle. It's <laughs> a hard thing to say. We got a Duncan Butterfly yo-yo, and the string is stuck so hard on your finger that it's now purple, and you can't get it off. Your mom has to come cut it off your finger. What about a Chinese finger lock? I think we've sold that in the store before. That's a good one. That's a good one. one. Um, They fly. People love those. We've got. Oh, yeah. You got stuck in it with your mother in law. Yeah. Remember that? Yeah. Yeah. It might have helped David Rayleigh um, with the. The handcuffs? Yeah. 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 Those are harder to get out of. The handcuffs. Everybody knows that. Much more biodegradable. Okay, let's go one more. What do you got? Um, I've got Gru from Despicable Me's wedding video. <laughs> Did you write these down? No. These are disturbing beyond belief. <laughs> Can I see that one? Nope. You got to pay for it. We have a jam fish. It's the brother to a jellyfish. Oh, I wasn't sure if you're talking about like <laughs> jam the fruit or if he was like rocking out. No, no, no. It's All jam right. fish. It's gel. It's like a jellyfish, but it's got seeds in it. <laughs> and one more. What do we got? You can't lean in. You better lean in that mic. Tell us what we got. Um, some cheese. That's good. 
I love it. Simple, classic. We love it's it. It's a good go-to. It's a classic ender. A smoked Havarti. Oh, there oh, we go. Yeah, That's a, a good more, one. Yeah. We had cheese on the last episode, too. Swiss with no holes. Yep. Anyway, um, David, you got anything to say? Uh, boy, check your parachutes before jumping. <laughs> and don't forget to stay strange. <laughs>